Why do people like that? I can't leave this in or people will hate us. Why? Because we're making fun of ASMR. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, dude. I think it's a 100% a fetish thing. I agree. I don't think you listen to ASMR if you don't have some weird sex fetish for I, it. I want you to, and I don't actually want anybody to do this, but I want you to like go on Twitch and bring up the ASMR page and tell me it's not it's not a fetish. I do not want to do that. Okay. <laughs> I would actually rather die, I think, than do that. I think that's a good God-given desire that you would rather die than do that. Ugh. That's It's really weird. Yeah, it's super weird. Yeah. You know what I found out the other day? What's that? Apparently, uh, speaking of fetishes. Oh, no. <laughs> you know all those, like... Um, the like five minute craft videos that are like super weird and you're like nobody would ever actually do this stuff and it's like oh like strange. the life hack stuff yeah that's not like like Apparently super inconvenient that's like a fetish thing what what yeah what do you mean like people like seeing hands do oh, do that so it's like cleverly couched pornography yeah. for yeah, somebody yeah. yeah that's messed up man there's nothing sacred nothing sacred Freaking Sacred humans. cows. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking <sighs> humans, man. We'll find a way to sexualize anything. Yeah. This is, it's like the one thing we're great at. Yeah. But emphasis on like the incredible irony of saying great. Yeah. Because it's like horrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, makes me sad. Gross. Grace. Anyway, you ready? No. Uh, okay. You're not warmed up yet. You do like vocal exercise. Oh, we gotta stare into each other's eyes for ten minutes. Is that <laughs> ten minutes is too long? Okay. I'm ready. All right, hit me. Uh, hey, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Why do cows wear bells around their necks? Why? Because their horns don't work. Oh, Jordan knows a single theological term. Watch out, everybody. Reading is such an essential skill to life. How, how is anyone bad at it? Yeah, I'm pumped. Do I sound pumped? I will play devil's advocate. Yeah. You're not Jesus or Paul. Lay your philosophy uh, on me. Destroy me with your facts and logic. We disagree on just about every, like, secondary major aspect of Christianity. Welcome to the Sacred Cow Podcast. <laughs> That's a really good one. You I like that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that was great. I don't remember where I got that one it from. It took me a second to... To connect. Do, do, to, do, I was do, like, do, their do, horns. Do, what about do, their do, horns? Do, do, do. Like, a, like a horn. Hey. So funny. Welcome back to the podcast. You're a trusted source for uh, <clears throat> 220-something friends talking uh, about things of a theological nature that uh, they may or may not be experts on, but... Uh, yeah, we got a lot of... Uh, a lot of people liked our two-part series that came out but then a lot of people were also very angry about it we got a lot of angry comments which is pretty funny i think all uh all engagement is good engagement at least that's what i tell myself because some of y'all were really mean <laughs> dude you're <laughs> just gonna okay. like out our audience that's i won't great. cry myself to sleep it's fine the sad part is let's talk about the great irony of that for a second right yeah because you and i disagree on tons of things mm-hmm. all the time um and I'm sure that there's been multiple times where we've thought like, oh, that was just a bad argument for something or not convincing. But like we still like love each other. Like mm-hmm. I love you as my friend and I would never like go out of my way to like hit you over the head with something. Yeah. Uh, 
So it's funny that that's the point of our podcast mm-hmm. and that people were just like still outraged, found yeah. a way to be outraged about Maybe things Maybe we need we to say. just start saying that at the beginning of every single episode is like, yeah, we're friends. We love each other. <laughs> we're not trying I'm to. I'm just going to open every podcast episode with, hey, Jordan. And But instead of a cow joke, I'm just like, I love you, Jordan. <laughs> I hope you had a great week. I would love that. Yeah, that would that'd make be my so week. good. Uh, so spoiler alert, uh, Jordan and I are not experts on things. And we do not claim to be expert on things. And I'm sure there's tons of better arguments for things out there. And you can go and find them. And I'm sure if you don't think that we've raised a good argument, you know where to find a better one. Mm -hmm. Um, But we, the purpose of our conversations are to engage with each other for what we personally believe and why we believe it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of our shtick. Um, And the sad part is that everybody who left a mean comment will never watch our stuff again. So they'll never hear this. (laughs) So, you know. No loss. That's okay. But that's fine. <laughs> We're new to this. And I'm sure I know that the, the comments of YouTube are not like a, a strange, scary thing for most yeah. people because it's pretty common. So, And we appreciate everybody who sticks around. Yeah. So if, if you've watched this far, thank you. We appreciate thank you. that. Hey, we're talking about some stuff today. Um, I We're going to talk about spiritual disciplines today, which I think will be fun. Boop, boop. <laughs> Cut that out. Um, Did that make it on the audio? Probably. Was that me? No, it was something on Discord. Well, I know that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, is it Discord? my Discord or your Discord? Because it's my computer audio feeds through the... Oh, darn. Yeah. Podcast ruined. That's how we're going to listen to the, the TikToks. Oh, yeah. we're so professional. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to start again. Ready? Hey, we're talking about some stuff today. <laughs> um... We're going to talk about spiritual disciplines today. I think uh, it's just a good conversation to have. And quite honestly, a lot of our uh, episodes recently have been pretty hefty, heavy things that we disagree about mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Uh, so I figured it was, it was, we figured it was probably time for like a little bit of a more chill, relaxed one. But I also did want to do something a little bit more fun today because, you know, we're, we're a young growing podcast and we can, we can do spontaneous things we can figure it out we can do fun stuff so i picked out four uh theology tiktoks <laughs> today oh. <laughs> because joe does not have a tiktok and god bless him he does not use tiktok so he's better than all of us uh <laughs> definitely more happy than all of us so i picked out four tiktoks that i think are funny uh and i want joe to blind react to them and then we're going to talk about them and uh the content in them a little bit i so. will say people send me tiktoks pretty often yeah yeah, like that happens like probably once a week at least where somebody's like, oh, hey, look at this TikTok. Tell yeah. me what you think. Do you watch them or do you just like? Uh, it depends on who they're from. Sometimes <laughs> like I just roll my eyes and like get off a of TikTok. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm just like, oh, well, that could be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Yeah, man. I get so many, uh, so many crazy TikToks on my For You page just all the time, constantly. They're all, they're all insane. I get nothing but like really insane TikToks. So I'm excited to share them with you because usually I'm just sitting there like on the couch scrolling on my phone or whatever. And then I'll watch the TikTok and I'll get unreasonably upset at it. (laughs) And I have like nobody to vent to or talk to about it. And then you look at how many like likes and follows the TikTok has. Yeah. And you look in the comments and man, if you think YouTube comments are bad, never go in TikTok comments because they're all like, it doesn't even matter what, uh, 
how bad a TikTok is, you'll have like so many people in the comments being like, yeah, this is true. This is what the church doesn't want you to know. This is oh. why I'm deconstructing as a Christian. Blah, 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 blah. We should talk. We should have an episode about, I know, about sacred cow bingo. We should talk about dot, dot, dot. We should have an episode about deconstruction. Yeah, dude. I'm down. Oh, we can lump in like purity culture to that. Into deconstruction? Yeah, man. All right, that's interesting. You're going to have to walk me through that one, but okay, I'm excited. Cool. All right, <laughs> come in. Episode coming soon, purity culture <laughs> and deconstruction. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what we're doing today. We're going to talk about some spiritual disciplines. Cool. cool. It's going to be good stuff. Anything you want to say, Joe, before we get into it? No, nah, man. Let's dive in. Let's go Let's for it. it. I'm excited. You want to take that first one there? Yeah. I mean, we have written down our notes, devotion. We have written down in our notes devotionals, mm-hmm. um, and so in my mind, when we're talking about devotionals, we're talking about like basically your devotional time. Yeah, right. Like the time throughout your day, your week, however often, um, where you like study God's word. And a lot of people have like, what I mean, like, what's a good devotional you used? Have you ever used a devotional before? Uh, I have used a devotional. <laughs> have you ever used a devotional? <laughs> Do you like uh, Jesus? You mean you like, like a devotional Jesus? book or like a devotional method? Well, so like... I, I can answer both of those if you want. Right. Well, so first off, I want to talk a little bit about devotionals. Mm-hmm. Um, like the books. Like the books that okay. were given. Yeah. So why don't you ask her, answer that question first? Yeah, I have. Um, I think I already mentioned on some podcast episode... Uh, I don't know if it's out yet or not, but I mentioned uh, Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest, which is a devotional book. It's a devotional uh, that was published uh, posthumously, posthumously. Oh, was it? Yep. I didn't know Uh, that. Because it's a collection of his sermons and different teachings. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, And that, that is one of the top 10 books, possibly even top five books, I think, that like seriously influenced me in my life rocked your world yeah i was like dang theology is cool so and it's a it's a devotional so Mm -hmm. uh, so how does it work does it like give you scripture to read and then like give you like his like sermon notes on it or yeah it is uh it's a daily it's a 365 devotional so they have one for every day Mm -hmm. and it will give you the little it'll at the top of the page and they're like just single page like pretty small but Mm -hmm. at the top of the page it'll give you the passage that he's talking about and then you just have like i don't know like two maybe three paragraphs that he writes on that passage Mm -hmm. um but they're super like really really dense theologically rich paragraphs like you read it and you're like dang he he must have exposited this like three verse passage Mm -hmm. like for days to get that much out of it so they're really really good i highly recommend you pick up that book if you don't have it. it is phenomenal is a uh, classic work, I think, super influential. So. Yeah, I know a lot of people who've read that. I've never read it, but I know a lot of people who've had similar experiences with it where they talked about that before. Yeah, so. yeah. very cool. Um, so one of the main reasons that I wanted to talk about spiritual disciplines... Whoa, 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 have you ever read a devotional? <laughs> you never... <laughs> this isn't you interviewing me, well... <laughs> Joseph. What devotional books have you well, read, Well, I'm getting Mr. to that. Brainiac? Will you just hold on two seconds? No. Okay. <laughs> Um, I don't use a lot of devotionals. Yeah. Like formal. Like I remember when I was younger, my dad had, this is showing my hand a little bit, I guess, but like he had, um, Spurgeon's sermon notes 
classic. Um, it's a one volume work and it breaks up a lot of his like sermons into stuff like that, which, which, which is like one or two pages. Um, and so like he, it's the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So my dad would read from that and I would like, when I got older, I used that a little bit. Um, I, it's also pretty common, um, in evangelical circles. I read, uh, Warren Wearsby's B series, mm-hmm. which are just like little commentaries, but they're meant to be like more devotionally oriented. Um, and so I've been a lot part of a lot of Bible studies that have done that. And I've used a few of them. I think when Kiara, my wife and I first started, um, dating we use those together as like a devotional thing um but i don't pretty cool i don't use yeah Mm -hmm. thanks i don't use a a ton of devotionals um because i learned a lot of devotional methods um and i think that sometimes we get super distracted by what somebody else thinks about god's word and we we always want to it's a two-edged sword right so we always want to make sure that we're like not interpreting something wrongly. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we listen and we read to what some, what other people talk about scripture. Um, and sometimes we just don't work our own like theological muscles when we read scripture. Um, and I'm like constantly paranoid that I'm just going to atrophy all of my like spiritual, like discipline and all of the methods that I've learned over the years. So I try to like implement different methods, like, I'm super big into journaling. Mm-hmm. So I'll like pray, journal, write down a few passages, um, pray again, do stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I, it's just like this weird, like paranoia that I have that I'm just going to get bad at like reading scripture because mm-hmm. I just listen to what other people say about it for so long. Yeah. Um, it's just, I guess sort of like neglecting the fact that all Christians have like the Holy spirit inside of them and they mm-hmm. can, Amen. They can um, read and interpret. That's theologically, that's called illumination, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Spirit, like helps us understand because the Spirit is the author, right, of Scripture. Um, so you should like that because. Of, Have you ever heard the term uh, lectio divina? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I've done that pl- mm-hmm. plenty of times. That's a really good one. We do that a lot. At we do something similar to that a lot. Um, our pastor and. Uh, and I, when we like do discipleship with people and we're trying to encourage people to read scripture, we do something similar to that. It's like, hey, do you just go away and you read this book for like, we'll give you like a, an epistle, mm-hmm. like a short one. It's like, you, this is your, your way to do this for like a month and you're mm-hmm. just going to reread the epistle for a week or a month or however long. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those of you who don't know, Lecto Divinii or Divinae, Divinae, is it Divinae? Uh, I've always said Divina. Divina. But- um, is, is just a, a method. Latin, yeah. So. <laughs> Please forgive us. <laughs> it's just a way to like, it's, it's structured. Like you pray and ask for like understanding. You read God, God's word, you reflect on it and then you pray again. Right. Is that the generally what you do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the idea is that like, as you're reading, like God is like revealing to you, like the meaning of his word as you read it. Yeah. Kind of um, like you're asking God to read the scripture to you like Mm -hmm. have him dictate what you what you get from whatever you're reading Mm -hmm. so it's like a way to read the bible but really focused on god and on what god wants to say to you through Mm -hmm. a particular passage and it's like super devotional Mm -hmm. right because a lot of the time we come to the path we come to a passage like and try to look at it academically 
Yeah. And that's a really good thing to do because, you know, we need to be able to understand mentally comprehend what God's word says and be able to know what the references are and what it's referring to. And, you know, the Bible, Bible is literature. So there's all these cool, like cross references and things that we can bring up and there's a story there and there's a greater picture. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes you just need to sit with God's word and like, let it convict you. And I think that often, you know, in my circles, like it becomes more of like an academic exercise Mm -hmm. where you're trying because like i don't come from a charismatic background so it's more of just like trying to dissect the word under a microscope like oh you have to have all these observations and stuff and that's there's so much value in that and i would never downplay that um but sometimes you just need to sit with you and god's word and and pray for the spirit to um move on you to be able to understand what what you're reading yeah um so i'm also not dogging on devotionals at all mm -hmm. like if you want to read like a devotional, like, and that's going to get you engaged in God's word and, and you're like even just starting out in Christianity mm -hmm. and you don't quite understand like all the stuff that's going on, like you just need to read and have somebody like in a written work, be able to explain stuff to you. Um, Super is like, helpful. is yeah. Like, you know, I think of this passage, that passage in acts, right. With Philip, mm -hmm and the the ethiopian mm -hmm. and like philip's like walking around and the ethiopian's like riding by on a chariot and he's reading isaiah and philip is just like the apostle philip is just like hey well, do you know what you're reading and he's like well how could i possibly understand this unless somebody explains it to me and so he's like okay cool and he explains it, it explains it to him and then he becomes a christian right he mm -hmm. becomes a believer um so like yeah people need a good solid like spiritual person to be able to help them understand and dissect God's word sometimes, especially yeah. if you're just like starting out. Um, and the Bible can be kind of complicated and confusing. So we need that. Um, yeah, absolutely. I always learned uh, the method that I grew up learning in like uh, Bible camp and everything was soap. Have you ever heard of soap? Yeah. I had to like, ask you a question as you're taking a drink. Uh, yeah, we just did uh, our class because we have a Sistheo class at our mm -hmm. church and uh, we just taught through hermeneutics and that was one of the things that we talked about a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah my denomination growing up was like super, super big on soap, was yeah. like about it. We got every year we would get like journals at camp and in the journal, it was like a soap journal. So in mm -hmm. the journal, it had like an SOAP in like every page so you could you could only use it for soap. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, soap is an acronym and it is a method of doing devotionals and reading the Bible. And it stands for scripture, observation, application, and prayer. So you read a passage, you observe the passage, you try and like pick out things from the passage, you apply that passage to your life, uh, and then you pray about it. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's all soap is. And it's pretty simple. Kind of, uh, it's pretty effective. I don't really do that anymore. Um, just cause I don't, I don't think I hold rigidly to like a specific devotional right. style. Um, but you know, yeah. if you're, if you're the type of person who like does not read the Bible a lot or is wanting to get into it, wanting to start, then that is a really easy, uh, way to, to start doing a devotional every every single day about it so any way that get that isn't expressly sinful that gets you reading the bible more yeah yeah 
Can you read the Bible sinfully? I don't know, man. I just like, I have this block in the back of my head where it's like, whenever I make blanket statements about things, it's like, you can do this however you want. Yeah. And uh, I need to say like, unless it's leading you to sin. (laughs) So if there's a Bible method out there that's like, crazy off the wall that like leads you to do things that you shouldn't do then that obviously that's not a good method yeah i'm not saying that i've ever encountered anything <laughs> ever like that but <laughs> but leaving your i'm just open. making sure that that's known that yeah. like some things aren't super like uh my pastor and i our pastor and i when we talk about um bible translations especially we're like oh the best bible is the one that you're actually going to read mm-hmm like the best devotional method is the one that's going to help you understand God's word and apply it, apply God's word to your life. Um, Mm -hmm. But I feel like when I was growing up, it was super common, like Bible study habits are hard to, hard to have. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to be consistent. And I feel like growing up, it was very much like uh, the generation that came before me was like, you need to read the Bible every day. Mm-hmm. Right, you need to have an intentional like Bible time, and so my generation was like, uh, you don't need to read it every day. Like, you don't need to read God's word. Like, that's not something that you need to do every day. Um, and so, like, there was so- sort of like a tension for that. So, like, growing up, it was I mostly was of the mindset like, this isn't something that I need to do regularly. Mm-hmm. Like in my life, I just it's not like super net. Like, you can be a Christian and never do this thing. Like, it's not important. I don't know mm-hmm. if you had an experience like that or not. Or, Yeah, I think uh, just personally, I've struggled with it a lot, especially now that, um, well, f- post Bible college, I should say, uh, it like it can be hard to motivate myself to because uh, like uh, being in the, the school that I went to, we had devotionals almost every single day. We had chapel right. twice a week. We served on a church on Sundays. We did uh, community outreaches where we would lead devotionals a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So, And then we were in Bible classes all day, every day. So we were reading scripture literally every single day. Um, lots of it every mm-hmm. single day. Um, and coming out of Bible college, like it is still hard for me sometimes to get into a consistent rhythm. Like sometimes I'll like be really good and read my Bible like every single day for like three weeks. And then I will just like miss a day. And it like, it can be hard for me just honestly speaking for myself. It can be hard for me to get back on that train sometimes. You know what I mean? Um, Especially because like I'm still, I'm in school now and I'm in uh, for, for philosophy, which isn't like directly Bible related uh, all the time. But Sometimes I like catch myself telling myself like, oh, you know, I, I read a lot every single day yeah. or I listen to lectures a lot every single day. I don't need to read scripture every single day mm-hmm. and you don't need to. It's not like it's not the law, right? You're not mm-hmm. trying to beat yourself over the head with like, this is something that Christians absolutely must do or you are sinning. Mm-hmm. Like you are not in sin if you don't read your Bible every day. But uh, the Bible is God's word to us it's god's word to humanity it is uh him telling us how he interacts with us and what he says in situations and what he's speaking to us today right we uh are orthodox and we believe that the bible is co-authored by man and god uh and we think that the holy spirit speaks to us when we read scripture like it is still speaking to this day Mm -hmm. 
So you should give God every opportunity you can to speak to you. Right. You know, the scripture has power. So, and there's just, there's something different. And I know that most people say stuff like this, but there's something different in my day to day when I set aside an intentional time to read scripture and to sort of center myself around like my relationship with God and I'm interacting with him in like a meaningful way, reading stuff that he's wrote, written to us mm-hmm. um, and talking to him through prayer and stuff. So I feel like there's been times in my life where I've like sort of drifted away, you know, from reading scripture and trying to be engaged with it. And I think that um, I, I just, I, it's really hard for me to say like genuinely like that I'm like a Christian and following after God if I'm not willing to engage with God and what he said. Mm -hmm. Like, and I know when I was growing up, there was a lot of people who were like, oh, you need to, it needs to be the first thing you do when you get out of bed in the morning is like, and they would, I don't know if you ever heard this, but they would use that passage um, when Moses gets up really early in the morning and he goes and he communes with God on the mountaintop. Oh yeah. And they're like, oh, the best time to do this is in the morning. (laughs) And I would hear all these arguments about stuff. And it's just like, it's so hard for me. I'm not a morning person, like, and I'm a father. So the first thing that I do when I get out of bed in the morning is I go and I get my son ready for the day. And it's like, it's so hard to just like find time in the morning to be able to dedicate without neglecting my child or somebody else, like my wife, my family in some way. Uh, So I will go out on a limb and say like, if you have a time that's where you actually have time to sit down and do this thing, it doesn't have to be like at a specific time throughout the day. Like, like most of the time I'm doing it like in the afternoon mm-hmm. or at the end of my day when I'm like sitting down and everything else has been like finished and done. And I'm not saying that it's not as important as everything else. I'm saying my life is structured in a way where that's the most reasonable time for me to be able to do this and interact with God. And at that point you can reflect on your whole day. Um, so what I'm trying to say is like, there's no like set standard like this is what you need to do or you're in sin but like as a christian you should have this desire to be able to engage with god more and sometimes you sit down with your bible and it's the last thing that you want to do is pop it open and read it Mm -hmm. and i find often for me spiritually those are the most beneficial times that god has the most meaningful things to say to me when i just don't want anything to do with interacting with him Mm -hmm. so I think it's it's super popular. I know it's super popular to be like, we just don't have to do that. Um, and I just don't think that that's necessarily the case. Like we should want to be able to engage with God more. Um, and I'm not trying to be condemning because mm-hmm. I do struggle with consistency. Like I'm not going to sit here and say like I always read my Bible every day at the same time. Um, it's something that you have to discipline yourself to do, uh, which is why it's a spiritual discipline. Yeah. It's not always easy. Yeah. Like you're not going to always be super excited and, and want to do it. That's the point of disciplining yourself is that discipline makes up for gaps in motivation because motivation is fickle. Yeah. Like dude. motivation comes and goes. So when you're not motivated, that's when you need discipline to actually do what you need to do. Which is why it's called a discipline. Yeah, man. And did I sound like Jocko Willing there for a second? <laughs> don't don't advertise his like smaller podcast. We have a friend who's super into into his podcast, so yeah. I just think it's funny. Yeah. Um 
discipline, like self-discipline, self-control, like that's a spiritual gift or yeah. not a spiritual gift, a fruit of the spirit. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I think we just underestimate. We, we always think that like, if we become a Christian, God's going to hit us with a lightning bolt and all of a sudden for the rest of life forever, we're going to desire to interact with him. Yeah. And I think that disciplines are just something you got to nurture um, and grow in and discipline yourself to be like accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't just like push it off to the side and assume it's always going to be easy. There's very few things in the Christian life that are just like blatantly easy. Yeah. And the second you start thinking, oh, this is easy, uh, you just wait. <laughs> right. You just need to, maybe you need to be challenged a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Put yourself to death. Like yeah. that's not a that's not like a sunshine and rainbows. This is gonna be super easy to do. Right. You know. Um yeah, I think it's important to just be encouraged that like you have the option to hear from God every single day. Mm-hmm. Like if you're the type of person who's like, Oh, I wish God would speak to me more. Right. Uh God can speak to you more if you read your Bible. And I know that's a super generic, like Christianese thing to say, but again, it's like the Holy Spirit is alive and well today, speaking through scripture today, can speak to you today. So like God is willing to speak to you. You have to be willing to pick up your Bible and, and listen. Right. So. And if that's a problem, you're not alone. Yeah. Because I don't know very many people who find that to be an easy thing to do mm-hmm. consistently. Right. Genuinely speaking. So. Yeah. Hey, dude, uh, hey. you're a, a, a good Pentecostal boy. According to some people. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to me about prayer. Yeah. Prayer is a a spiritual discipline. Um, Speaking about God talking to you, you should talk to God back. (laughs) That's kind of an important thing to do. It's hard to have a one-sided relationship, right? And so prayer is um, literally, like, I think, I know people crouch a lot of theological meaning in prayer, and I'm not saying it's not theologically rich. It definitely is. But I think at its simplest terms, it is you speaking to God. Um, it is you having a relationship with your creator. Uh, prayer is, dre- the Bible is drenched in prayer, literally all throughout all of scriptures. Everybody prays a lot. Um, and so prayer is something that you should do as a Christian. You should commune with your Lord. You should talk back to him. You should read your Bible and you should pray. And there's a, a lot of people are very opinionated on prayer. I know some people who will like, they set aside specifically like prayer time each morning, kind of mm-hmm. like devotionals where they're like, yeah, I just get on my knees for 30 minutes every single morning when I wake up and I just pray to God. Dang. And I think that's super powerful and there's definitely a lot in there. And then I know other people who are like, yeah, I don't have specific prayer time, but I'm just like praying to God all day. Like mm-hmm. I'm constantly thinking about and praying to God and like asking him for things and talking to him all day. And so, I don't I don't feel strongly convicted that there's like a specific way a Christian ought to pray to God like one you know like one very specific discipline path that you have to do this thing every single day. I don't think to be a good Christian you need a prayer closet. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. are really into like prayer closets. Uh, but you should did be your praying. school have prayer cro- prayer closets? We did not. We had um a prayer garden uh which people would actually use quite a lot and we had a little like a little we called it uh the prayer trail but it was like a little trail around campus that people would walk 
and, and pray and sometimes walk and make out on but dude my it. school had prayer <laughs> closets yeah yeah speaking of make out yeah and they, they they made they had to make sure that the lights were like permanently turned on and you couldn't turn them off in them yeah yeah it's so funny dude it, i mean it's not funny it's it's, a it's horrible yeah. but it's also hilarious it's like this thing it's a dedicated set aside holy space you're gonna go in there and do things that you probably shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. it's pretty funny it's a little funny yeah but like but, hey quit it yeah, that's prayer <laughs> yeah i mean i guess i could talk about uh tongues which is really like a much larger conversation and maybe sometime on the podcast, we'll have time to talk about uh, Pentecostal theology in general. But uh, good Pentecostal theology would state that tongues, uh, the praying in tongues is a personal prayer language. It is like the utterances and the groaning of the spirit. So I used to have uh, a professor in Bible college, um, and she was super, like, one of the most filled with the spirit people I have ever met talk about uh speaking of reading your bible she had memorized literally like entire books of scripture like she could just read james to you from memory Mm -hmm. like perfectly you could read along as she uh would recite it super spirit-filled and um she was a youth leader for a long time and she would tell us this the story of like yeah a lot of my youth kids would always ask me how do i get how do i receive the gift of tongues like how do i how do i start praying in tongues and I know you don't know, you're not Pentecostal, so you don't know about I am not. any of this. Um, but she would say, okay, go in a corner or go off somewhere and pray and just pray and just keep praying. And then when you run out of things to pray, like when you have no more words to speak to God, God will give you the words to speak to him. And that's what tongues is. That's what a good understanding of tongues is, is it is the inner groanings of your spirit. And it is a personal prayer language between you and God. And I know people have lots of questions about that. And they're like, oh, I don't have time to get into all of it. Just know, base understanding, that's what tongues is. That's what Pentecostals believe tongues is. Not all Pentecostals hold to that, but I think uh, they have whack theology. So, And I'm willing to say that on air. Uh, do you want me to respond to that or you want me to if keep you wanna. Yeah, I don't want to like take anything away from what you were saying because I feel like we're trying to be meaningful right now. Yeah. Um, so if you're a Pentecostal and you're listening to that and you have a, a more quote unquote whack understanding of tongues, then yeah, you should consider that. I don't personally believe in speaking in tongues. Like um, at all, period. I just, I would need to, you would have to do some really strong convincing. It's not like super close to my noetic web. Mm-hmm. It's not like a Calvinism type thing, but I would just need to see that done in a responsible, meaningful way mm. um, and not abused in any sort of way. Yeah. And I feel like that's an easy cop-out answer because Tunks is like super abused by like, like done in such like a poor way mm-hmm. and a poor way that's not in alignment with scripture. So I would just need to. Yeah. I have uh, the very strong conviction uh, I think certain people will pray. And when I say, when I do like pray in tongues and air quotes, I'm not saying for sure that they aren't actually. Um, I think definitely people do fake it a lot. I think that's an issue. Um, and I also think 
tongues as understood in scripture is not meant to be like a big public thing like you should not be loudly praying in tongues over people i don't Mm -hmm. think we see that in scripture ever yeah um but we don't as a side note hold your thought there because it's a good thought but like as a side note i will also say you're not really supposed to pray out loud like crazily to everybody like you're not supposed to be super showy with how you pray like Christ has specific guidelines where he sort of says like, hey, you don't want to act this way when you pray. Mm-hmm. Like you want to have like a more meaningful actual conversation. You're not supposed to be boisterous or like um, just self-proclaiming as you pray or like in a sort of like, hey, look at what I'm doing manner. So that's mm-hmm. just not, that's not just with t- speaking in yeah. tongues. That's just yeah, like yeah. in general through prayer, like you're n- it's meant to be between you and God for the encouragement of yourself for the relationship with God, for the encouragement of those that are around you. And if you're doing that in like a crazy, boisterous, insane way, like that's not helpful for anybody. It's not the point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And I think that's a problem. I think I will be the first to admit, I think a lot of Pentecostals and and Pentecostal denominations have done that and have not gotten the point of tongues. Like I'm, again, I'm the first one to call out (laughs) nonsense Pentecostal theology. Uh, and I think that's part of it. But for me, like, uh, I will pray in tongues. And, I, and I'm and i not saying I'm, like, the, the paragon of this spiritual discipline, right? I'm not saying, like, oh, this is what I do and you should emulate me or whatever. But I always only pray in tongues, like, under my breath, like, barely speaking. And I don't do it when I'm, like, if I pray for somebody else in tongues, I make sure they do not hear me. Like, I'm silent to them because that's not it's the point is not that other people hear you praying in tongues the point is that you pray to god um i think uh you said it's something that you would need convincing on i don't really feel any like strong obligation to try and convince you because it's it's like one of those things that like it's i do it and I know it's like you could not convince me it's not from God because it's definitely nothing I'm like faking or doing in my own power. Mm-hmm. And I've like I've seen videos of believers in like other countries who don't speak English and then they will start they'll you know, I use the term bap- they'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you don't like that terminology, that's fine. I'm not going to argue about it, but they'll get baptized in the Holy Spirit or saved and then they'll start praying in tongues and their tongues is like in English. And you can yeah. understand what like, they're saying. Um, so let me clarify a little bit. First of all, I, I don't think you're lying to me. Yeah. I don't think you're trying to deceive oh, thanks, me in man. any way. And I think <laughs> that you believe what you're saying. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I don't think that uh, you're, I guess, I don't have another way to say it. Like, I don't think you're trying to deceive me. I think you believe that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's powerful. Yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily agree with it. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a dichotomy in my mind between two types of speaking in tongues, right? The speaking in tongues where it's a, a Holy Spirit-like language that's mm-hmm. different than any earthly language. And then there's the speaking in tongues where people are enabled to speak a language that's not their like native tongue or something that they're super familiar with. Like, yeah. And I see you know, a precedent from, on one hand, speaking a different language from Acts and other places. And I see the precedent for like a more personal prayer language in first Corinthians, right? Cause that's where it says like, Oh, if there's nobody here to interpret this for you, you need to go by yourself and pray for your own encouragement. Like, right. I yeah. see that 
It's just which that I agree with, by the way, I, right. I agree with the delineation between the two different types. Of right. Things. The problem is, is like when I've heard a lot of Pentecostals talk about it, I just don't see like a strong precedent for people doing it in a way that's like that. It's usually just like, oh, I'm going to go over here and like pray in tongues where I'm going to boisterously pray in tongues or this is how you do this or this is how you receive the spiritual gift. Mm -hmm. And I just don't see a precedent for that in scripture. It's like, oh, do these things and you get this spiritual gift and then you can do it and it's all good and fine. And I think the problem is it's just something that's super hard to like, if it if that's true and it's a working of the spirit through like, you know, quote unquote, baptism of the spirit, right? It's just something that's not really provable. Yeah. Like, and that is just like, in my mind, I'm like, you, well, you can prove most everything in scripture to some degree. So it's just hard. It's, it's, I'm not trying to dog. It's personally hard for me to be able to like put a stamp and say like, yes, that's a thing mm-hmm. when there's so much ambiguity around it for me. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not like, I'm not going to try and convince you very hard to be honest. Cause I think that's like, I get, I understand where you're coming from. I think, uh, again, like for me, it is very real to me that it's not something I'm doing or like thinking of doing or like thinking of the words I'm saying as I'm saying them. And I, I know some people are like, Oh, you're just speaking gibberish then. And like, I guess I'm not going to convince you otherwise. Um, but I get, I think you could also say similar things about like healings and stuff. Sure. Cause I've just seen like, I've seen some weird stuff in my day that I cannot explain any other way than God. Back in and my it, day. <laughs> it stands to reason to me that if God is like moving in a service uh, and he's healing people and people are being prophesied over and their words of prophecy are like absolutely God-given, like things that people could not have known any other way. Uh, and then also people are praying in tongues. It's like, for me, I'm like, okay, how how am I going to say these two other things are clearly from God? But then there's also like these weirdos over here who are doing something that's very clearly not from God, mm-hmm. like in the same service. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I don't, uh, and I know there are some Pentecostals who feel very, very strongly about convincing everybody else of Pentecostalism. Um, I don't, like, I get that it's weird. I get that it's like a big pill to swallow and i i don't think i could be any other way than pentecostal but i'm not gonna like force that on on other christians if they if like god convicts you and god speaks to you then he will do that so that's all i have to say about that i think prayer is important even if you don't believe in tongues (laughs) getting back to the topic prayer is really important and you should speak to god you should be speaking to god every day you should come to your lord in prayer yeah I agree with that. I think yeah. that I'm not really looking for proof, I guess. Like, I respect you as a yeah, person. I just think you're crazy. <laughs> I don't think you're crazy at all. I think you believe it. And yeah. there's definitely been times, you know, when you're like preaching or giving a message where I'll say things that I know are from God mm-hmm. that I didn't plan to say. And then afterwards, like, I won't be able, I won't remember mm-hmm. like what I said at all. And it's, I think it's something it could be something similar to that where it's like, Oh God just moved on your heart to do this thing. And 
I used to not have categories for this at all. And then I met you and mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I have to have categories for this. So I relate yeah. to like the, the like, oh, this is the way that like I know how to be like a Christian. Like this yeah. is so such a huge part of it. So mm -hmm. like I would never like, you know, say that you are a crazy person. Thanks, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so we prayer. We talked about prayer. Yeah, you have you added a couple of things in here that I didn't expect. Yeah. Um, that aren't like the traditional things that get talked about when we talked about spiritual disciplines. Mm -hmm. So you have like scripture reading, devotionals, and prayer, mm -hmm. which are like the two staples in like the Christian life, I yeah. feel like. Uh, they're not the only biblical things that we're sort of guided to do, um, but they are staples. Do we want to talk a little bit about like scripture around prayer? I know we brought up some passages or whatever, but... Um, if you want, yeah, I think prayer is like something to me that, I mean, unless we're going to do a whole thing on like the theology of prayer in general, yeah. which I don't really feel super led to do. Um, maybe that'd be a good podcast episode in the future is we can just talk about prayer. Maybe it's super important and there are different types and there are different things you should pray for. I think the Lord's Prayer is fascinating. I think God telling us Dude, how we ought the Lord's to pray, prayer. how we ought to pray is like you know what's crazy to super me, super interesting. But Christ specifically lays out a method to pray. Yeah, and most evangelicals don't have time for that. Isn't mm -hmm. that crazy? Like it's crazy to me that Jesus says something, and we get all like, "Oh, well, yeah, Christians need to be reading the Bible, mm -hmm. but and this is how we should do it." But, like, Jesus also says this is how you're supposed to pray. Like, mm -hmm. I think that, because I've done a lot of study on the Lord's Prayer recently, specifically, um, out of Matthew, and I think that he expects people to pray that way. Like, yeah. when he gives that method, he thinks, like, I'm not saying that that's the only way to pray, right? Because mm -hmm. that would just be, like, obviously you can talk to God anytime. Mm -hmm. But I think that he expects, like, on some level that people are going to, when Jesus says something, he expects that people are going to do it that way. Mm -hmm. Like if you go through the Sermon on the Mount when the Lord's Prayer is given and like every time he says something, you expect that he's actually trying to teach you something that you're going to do. Like mm -hmm. why would you stop when you get to the Lord's Prayer and think that it's just something to consider, I think, that yeah. that the Lord's Prayer might be a little bit more important to prayer, I think, than a lot you know, of people give it credit for. You know what's super convicting to me personally in the Lord's Prayer? Is that I talk about, um, we've even talked about this in worship and stuff, how I feel like church and worship is often very self-centered and not focused on God. Um, it's convicting to me in the Lord's Prayer that the beginning of the prayer is, uh, Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? Mm. You're, you're giving uh, credence to God um, and you're calling him holy. Yeah, dude. The very first line in the prayer that's about yourself or about us is really self-centered it's provide for us today give mm -hmm. us this day our daily bread like don't it's not anything spiritual or any it's not like help me to be a better believer or help me to grow in knowledge of you it's god please feed me today mm -hmm. and i think that's so simple and so powerful and really convicting to me that like the first line in the lord's prayer that's about us is a really like selfish narrowly focused like god please just give me food today mm -hmm. that's like the first thing you pray for yourself mm -hmm. and that's convicting to me because well, i often don't don't think that don't way. pray for your like 
life well, or your sustenance or i'm like, that. like kind of a jerk <laughs> so i'm always <laughs> like we should be giving god praise and we should be asking god to like move powerfully in our lives and like help uh, us yes. to be very pentecostal help us to help us to follow after him with all of our hearts right you know like very grandiose very focused on god and what we, we what we can uh do for god and do for others and like the the first line is like god please feed me today you know what I, something that was equally convicting for me because mm. you, you're saying that makes me think of like at our church we do a morning huddle before service and we all pray for like different aspects of the service mm -hmm. and like i like to just listen to how people pray Mm -hmm. because like that really shows like and communicates like where their brain is at and where their mind and values and things are at and uh i realized based off of like how people were praying that my values were just like so self-centered mm -hmm. and it was like deeply convicting to me and so i was like reading the lord's prayer and the first thing that happens is like you give god credit for who he is mm -hmm. like you recognize god's position in so it's like I would I used to start praying and I'm not I'm not trying to dog on anybody or say that you pray the wrong way but I used to start praying like being like dear god like this is like what my day looks like like these are the things that I I need you to show up for these things so that I can like asking god to like be present in my life like give mm -hmm. me the strength to follow through you know uh give me a stronger back for these things that are hard that I know I have to do like that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. And I realized, like, I had just not even, like, acknowledged, like, that I was talking to God yet. Yeah. And it was, like, deeply convicting to me. It's like, God, like, you are my creator, my sustainer. Like, I get through none of this without you. Mm -hmm. Like, you are holding everything together and still you desire, like, a relationship to talk with me. And, like, the first thing out of my mouth is, like, God, can I just not be angry today? <laughs> <laughs> can you just, like, either, A, make it so that people don't piss me off today or, like, B, just help me be, like, self-controlled? It's, yeah. like, all about, like, me and how I interact with before I've, like, adequately, in my mind, like, given God the, the position in my life that he deserves. Like, mm -hmm. that was, like, fundamentally deeply convicting to me in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just starting with... Yeah, just God, being like, you're God, holy. you're holy and your set apart. Like, you're different. Like, in everything that I'm about to say, like, I recognize that you, you have do the be authority. Different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. like, it's just, just like sitting and reflecting on like what he's done before you like jump into things like that. Like, God, you've redeemed me from, you know, mm -hmm. the pit, like, literally. Like, yeah. you have brought me back to life. Uh, mm -hmm. I was dead. Now I'm alive. You've done this for me. You've, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm getting kind of preachy with it. But like that, like thinking about how you pray and praying with your mind and like letting the Holy Spirit like direct your thoughts to what you need to pray for, mm -hmm. I think is super important and underutilized. That's all I'm trying to say. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, uh, if you've stuck with us this far, so thank you so much for being here. Uh, I'm going to remind you guys to like, comment, and subscribe if you're liking the content. Uh, I know that's super baggy and I hate doing that. <laughs> uh, but statistics show that uh, me reminding you uh, might make you do it. And it really helps us out. So, yeah, we uh, know you feel led. Sacred Cows podcast listeners, you have a busy life. So maybe like you're just clicking through this video and you get to the end of it and you're going to go on to the next video. But like before you're done, yeah. you know, give us a like. And if you're on uh, Spotify, or uh apple podcasts or whatever subscribe yeah. follow do whatever the thing is mm -hmm. please we yeah. would appreciate it helps us out a lot even if you like hate us and you want to leave <laughs> an angry comment please leave that angry comment even if you're never <laughs> coming back um 
you want to pivot because I think we're I I want to get to these TikToks. Okay, at, sweet. Uh, Fifty minutes, just about. Yeah, here, I mean, I those are the big good ones. I think that we yeah. really want to talk about. Who knows? We might do a part two because I feel I want to talk about some of these other ones too. Yeah, but like um, I said, there's a few things that you put on here that I didn't expect that I think are super important. Yeah. Um, and we should talk about those things at some yeah. point. Might yeah. do a part two. We're yeah. really fond of two part podcasts for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, know, man. The problem this. is people like watch one and they don't watch the other half. And yeah. so you come in on the second one, you watch the whole thing, and you're like, what? So <laughs> what's going what's on? going on? We should put like a thing up front. Yeah. Where it's just like, hey, this is part two. Mm-hmm. Like, so go back and we should remind people to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That feels like a uh, advice from your wife. Like yeah. something that she would yeah, yeah. say is like, hey, remind people that there's. A- <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, let's do it. Let's let's break into some TikToks. Are you ready for this? Oh, I'll try man. and I'll put them on the screen for you guys. Okay. Uh, if you're watching and they're all TikToks. So the original the creator is listed like on the video and the tiktok and i think it's the bottom left hand corner so and i will put the links to these tiktoks in the video description i don't want anyone to think i'm not giving credit or i'm like stealing content from these guys dude react stuff is so common now yeah and it really breaks my heart i think it's (laughs) awful so full full credit to the people doing these tiktoks oh and by the way um we're gonna be (laughs) we're gonna be critical (laughs) of these guys (laughs) Uh, we're we're going to be grace. We're going to be gracefully critical. Gracefully like critical. one thing that I'm not going to do is I'm not going to attack these people. Like yeah. there's a difference between a person and an idea, and I can come at the idea, you know, with the full weight of script, my understanding of scripture, mm-hmm. and be critical of that from a spiritual perspective without actually slandering the people that are in the video. Yeah. So no there's hate a way to, to these do that. people individually. Do not go harass these people. Don't like leave comments on their pages. I love that you think our audience is big enough that we would go harass people. I'm just, I'm covering all my bases here, (laughs) my guy. All right. So without further ado, are you ready? Oh man, I feel like I should pray before we do this. All right. I don't know how loud this is going to be. We might need to adjust the volume here. All right. Are you ready? Yeah, dude. So just so we're clear, Christians believe that God sent God to die so God didn't have to kill mankind. Why do we care if we have their vote? Wait, I don't get it. Like, why do we care if we have whose vote? The Christian's vote. I guess. Oh. Like, it's a political So because of the gospel, you don't care? Yeah, well, because of because of because of his theology. Did you like his theology? His theology one hundred and one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. God sent God to die, so God didn't have to kill man. I agree with that. What's the (laughs) yes? What's the issue? Do I'm just curious. Yeah, like everybody does things that are pretty terrible, right? Everybody intrinsically has thoughts in their head that they know are wrong. Well, like everybody has a moral standard that that's a self evident belief to me. I'm like, it, it's so basic to my understanding of everything. Talk about noetic web, like mm-hmm. dead center in my noetic web, possibly even closer than, than God existing is that humans are all terrible. <laughs> like humans are bad. <laughs> we are bad things. Um, a lot of people don't think that way, though. A lot of people, uh, so many people, especially nowadays are like, no, humans are basically good. Right. Like we're pretty much good. Yeah. Most guess, people are yeah. good. If you're not Hitler, you're like, doing pretty okay well i guess that's that's true but i would just say like we just be honest with yourself like think about the things 
I talk about this when we do discipleship at our church. Like, think about the things that you think about when nobody else is around mm-hmm. and, like, the thoughts and things that you dwell on. And then answer me if you think that, like, those are the the most, like, kind, like, mm-hmm. holy, good things to talk about. And then people will normally say, well, like, yeah, but I'd never act on them. It's like, okay, sure, fair enough. But, like, at the same time, there's something fundamentally about you on the inside yeah. that when you're alone, you recognize your intuitively you're broken and you need something <laughs> yeah. to change. Don't you want that thing to be changed? Don't you want to go to a place where mm-hmm. you don't have to worry that thing you're going to desire in secret things like that? Yeah. Like, why do so I think <laughs> like the, the TikTok isn't inherently wrong, but a, I will say this again i think there's a lot more that happened on the cross than just the atonement of course we don't have time to get into that i think that's just a very simplistic view and also it's missing the context of original sin and like we removed our like we are we removed ourselves from god essentially we are terrible people and if god is just there's no justice needs to be fulfilled there's no like human responsibility in, in the there, TikTok. which is yeah. honestly, when you say Christian 101, I know it's kind of, kind of, kind of tongue in cheek and he's like summarizing what yeah. he thinks about it. But like when you say Christian 101, Christian 101 is starting at that baseline, right? Yeah. Everybody is sinful. Right. Like that's like the first three chapters of like scripture mm-hmm. is like that humanity has destroyed and separated themselves from God intentionally. Mm-hmm. And God has a plan to restore that like from the beginning, like Genesis 3.15, right? There's mm-hmm. going to be somebody who puts this right, yeah. somebody who fixes this thing. So, the, I mean, like you're you're starting like at step two, yeah. honestly, to be perfectly honest, but that's fine. Uh, that There's nothing inherently wrong with that. But what I don't understand... <laughs> we want there to be What? <laughs> like, I don't understand, like, are you coming up with a reason why, like... I just don't even like I think he's implying that like Christians are unintelligent so why do we okay. care who they vote for cool. I guess politically which but like why does that matter Yeah I don't know maybe like why does intelligence <laughs> matter like over like who you vote for Oh yeah. because we would pick the wrong one so you don't want their vote I guess so I okay. guess it's just like tongue in cheek like Gotcha yeah. like Christian stupid going to make the wrong decisions but yeah. there's an immoral imperative applied there like yeah. that there's a wrong decision <laughs> whoa whoa <laughs> yeah oh, you man. ready for the next one no <laughs> is it does it get better wait does that guy have a okay uh they get a little bit longer and a little bit more complicated and a little bit worse okay. in my opinion just then gospel stupid yeah okay, that's just cool. like gospel stupid this gotcha. is christian <laughs> checkmate you dumb christians christian christian theology destroyed in 60 oh, seconds i love this let's go i'm asking questions that no one's you know ever what? Can asked we, be- before before you play this yeah can we just like stop and admire the bookshelf on like i do christian yeah. theology destroyed in six- this guy is educated he is educated. he is super educated you can tell because of all the books in the background have i ranted to you about how i don't like when when content creators unless you're like i get some people like record in their studies or their libraries or whatever so there are books in the background but i don't like how certain content creators will like record themselves in front literally in front of their bookshelf to like give authority to whatever they're saying it's so funny to me i hate that but anyways not that this guy's doing it graceful yeah you could this might just be the only area that you had to record yeah yeah yeah. i'm not i'm not assuming anything give me your think it's a funny trend your opinion i want to know how do you destroy it Jesus died on the cross for my sins, past, 
present Amen. and future and nothing we do matters because Jesus paid the price and he took it all. Well, if Jesus died on the cross for your sins, for all your sins and nothing you do matters, why are we even here? Ah. Well, that's simple. We're here because it's a test. But where's the test if someone else came here and passed the test for you and nothing you do matters, why are you even here? Well, well, I mean, I don't know. That, that's above my pay grade. I mean, we'll leave that one to God. Only God yeah. knows that one. If nothing okay. you do matters and you can't do anything, and we know that this world, that even Jesus himself said, this world will be full of trouble and yep. suffering, but nothing we do matters because someone else did it for us. Heaven forbid, does that make God sadistic? Okay, that's fair. Does that make God sadistic? Does, I love that guy's accent, that, by the way. He's Australian. I don't Dude, know, but it, so, was, it was good. Here's I my really thoughts. liked it. Here's my thoughts. Yeah, hit me. You're, just, you're plugging into something that's like a question like as old as Christianity is, right? Yeah. Like, and there's a theological question there, and it's a. I think it's a fair question. Like, if God paid the price and saved why, us, why do humans exist? Why do well? I mean, first of all, why do humans continue to sin, and why are there rules and things that they have to do after being saved? Yeah. Like Paul talks about that. Um, Paul talks about that in Romans, right? Mm -hmm. Like, shall I continue to sin so that grace may abound? And mm -hmm. he says, like, by no means. Like, so. The picture that we're given in Romans is that we are saved so that we can present our God to present ourselves to God so that Christ can present us to God as instruments of righteousness, right? And what that means is like th there's different instruments that you have throughout your house, like different things that you use to do to accomplish certain goals and tasks, right? And so we're set aside specifically to be righteous in the world on God's behalf. Right. So we're we're set aside for a specific purpose. We're set aside as holy redeemed. And now we're representatives of Christ and God in the world to be able to accomplish the things that he wants us to accomplish. Namely, you know, making him known in, in world and creation like he was mm -hmm. made known through Christ. And now our purpose is to make Christ known for what he's done and accomplished for us. Yeah. yeah. And like, that's not even talking about like the whole eternality perspective where it's like, if you knew that somebody was like going to fall off a cliff and die and, you know, mm -hmm. experience consciously eternity, like apart from God, like what, what would be your response to that? Supposing that that was true, like what would your response be to that? Like, would you just let that person die? Yeah. Like, so. Yeah. I think it's another one of which I get like people are, are, you don't have a lot of time in a TikTok, so I get it. But it's just like one of those uh things where people put the cart way before the horse mm -hmm. and just like make a bunch of assumptions and there's like a lot of groundwork you have to kind of cover to get to that point first yeah right like it's it's and it's funny to me when people do these types of videos or these type of types of tiktoks where they like speak for the other side because yeah. it's like there is no way to do that well without straw manning your argument. Like sure. It's just kind of like talking down to the other side. Like, this is what you believe. Look at how dumb you are. It's just kind of I will say, it starts, he starts with a incredibly legitimate question mm -hmm. that people have been asking for as long as Christianity exists. In fact, it's so old that Paul answers it in scripture. Yeah. So well, it's like, um, what is it? Uh, is it from the Westminster Confession 
Yeah, the chief and a man. Yeah. To glorify God and worship him forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you're here. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, glorifying God and worshiping him means doing what he's asked you to do. Right. And for Christians, we know that love God, love others. Love rock. Make disciples. Yeah. Right. So. I had a shirt. Uh, I had a skillet shirt when I was younger that said "Love God, dude. love others, love rock." And That's it was, so funny, dude! It had Guns and Roses on it. It was such a sick shirt. That's so yeah. good, dude! Shout awesome. out to Skillet. Shout out Skillet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you ready for the last one? There's only one more. Well, there's only one more that uh, is kind of painful to watch, uh, and this is from. Uh, so it's this woman duetting it because this is, this is just the one I found. And this I think is the it's trend. Um, she says, what I learned after almost an almost doctorate in theology looking for God, I am now the proud owner of a piece of paper that represents unlearning everything that I knew and discovering human nature along the way, which like, okay, <laughs> I guess you if you discovered human nature, then you did well in your I, theology. I would, would, would want to know like where, like I see everybody hands out theology degrees, dude. Like, yeah. like where did you get that? Like the university of Chicago, which is one of the most like secular, secular universities mm-hmm. will hand you a theology degree. Yeah. So like, that doesn't mean. Yeah. Like, a or like the other end of the spectrum where it's like some unaccredited, like little rink ding school. Sure. That, like yeah. somebody propped up in two days and there are three <laughs> students and you're like, I asked why there was evil and they said because God said so and now I'm deconstructing. Yeah, I'm just I'm sure that you spent a lot of money and your school was fine. Like yeah. I'm not trying to dog on you. I'm just saying like that doesn't like all the theology in the world doesn't make you any closer to God, man. It's Amen. You got you have um, to have a work done in your heart. The guy that she is duetting is Dr. Dan McClellan. I don't know if you've ever heard that name. Nope. He is super popular on TikTok. Uh, okay. And he is a critical scholar. Nice. So we, need, we need critical scholars. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Hey, everybody. There is no God of the Bible. And I don't mean that in some kind of edgelord, all gods are fairy tales way. I mean it in the sense that the Bible does not present a single depiction of God. It presents okay. numerous different and frequently contradictory Can you pause depictions that? of God. I'm just going to clarify. I can talk and react during this, like, right? That's okay? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. That's fine. God. And so you can't just add them all together and look at the sum and have a fuller picture of God. You just get a Why tangled, not? paradoxical mess. What you do okay. to get a notion of the God of the Bible is negotiate with the text and center and prioritize certain depictions and then marginalize, reinterpret, or outright ignore other depictions. And all of this is in the interest of making the text more meaningful or more useful for us within a given context or situation, which means any God of the Bible that we find is a situationally emergent, negotiated divine profile because the Bible is not univocal. It does not speak with a single unified voice and it does not present a single unified idea of God. Okay. Well, it, critical scholarship shines through pretty clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, this is one of the reasons I don't like TikTok is because that, that um, nice woman, I'm sure like just basically stole that guy's thing and didn't really add to it in any way. And just kind of like reposted it, but with her face on it and got a million views for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So he basically 
and that's okay for some reason like yeah. you you could steal that guy's thoughts that that's some it's so he's a critical scholar yeah i don't think he would define himself that way okay but i've seen a lot of tiktoks from him and he i i as somebody who's familiar with biblical scholarship i would definitely define him yeah as a, those a are some scholar. those are some pretty classic like critical scholarship claims yeah so he's you, big on like textual criticism right. of the old testament i think he's mo- he's mainly i think a uh a um hebrew scholar yeah so he reads hebrew and his main focus is the old testament i believe yeah it, that makes sense so he's gonna like believe things like jdep yeah like um the documentary hypothesis mm-hmm. that uh the torah was compiled from like four primary different sources mm-hmm. um and put together from different eras of history um, from different groups of people who all saw God in a very different way. Sure. Um, I just don't believe that. Yeah. Like, and I'm not, we're not, I'm not knocking uh, his credentials no, at no, all. No, no, um, I'm fact, pretty sure his master's yeah. is from Oxford. So like he's yeah, yeah, yeah. very yeah. educated. Uh, yeah. I just disagree with him. And I really disagree with this uh, TikTok. I think he's blatantly wrong, but. I don't think, like, I think if you read, I just don't, there's no way to argue with that. Like if one. if you, if you think okay cool there's no way in my mind to argue with that because like you can just read scripture and point to it and be like different mm-hmm. like if you come to scripture this is a, a larger problem with textual criticism textual criticism like as a discipline is super important right because mm-hmm. we need to know things about the text and it's important to look at it critically to be able to to find like even like manuscript discrepancies and things like that, like issues and like sort of. So mm-hmm. Christianity owes a debt to textual criticism. It does. Yeah. Um, but like the problem is like a lot of times we just, if you start with the premise that you're going to find f- like fault with everything, which is what textual criticism does is that we're going to look for faults. Like you're not going to, you're going to arrive at a place where like, you don't have like conclusions that meet and you're going to find errors and things. And like, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. like, I, I, okay, sure. Fine. Agree for the most part. I think what gets me about critical scholarship is it is, I think it is good to have some, uh, to read things critically. It is good to have some critical scholarship. I think there is a line there. And my problem with a lot of critical scholarship is it takes it to the exact opposite extreme mm-hmm. and is just like it is critical to an illogical degree mm-hmm. um and i think that's what's happening here honestly uh i think i is my personal opinion uh that what dr mcclellan is doing here is committing a fallacy of composition mm-hmm. um i don't know if you've ever heard about that but it is inferring something about the whole from parts of it mm-hmm. so like a fallacy composition could be um if you look at the oil filter of a car and the oil filter is red and you say, well, this oil filter, this part of the car is red. So the whole car must be red. Mm-hmm. That's a fallacy of composition. Yeah. I think he's doing that with God in the Bible. Uh, I think he's saying, well, here are two depictions of God that seem to contradict each other. So the depiction of God in the Bible has to be contradictory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't think that logically follows. And I don't think it makes sense if, it, like, I don't think that intuitively makes sense. We don't treat anybody else like that. Like, humans are complicated and seem yeah. to be contradictory very, very often. Like, you as an individual, you probably have contradictory uh, feelings and actions all the time. 
just constantly. Um, and we don't treat any other authors like that. Like we don't treat any other books like that. If you're reading Frankenstein and you say, oh, you know, um, Frankenstein acts like this in this chapter and then the next chapter he acts like this which is not how he acted in the previous chapter so there obviously must be two different frankensteins that the book's talking about like you don't say that about other books Mm -hmm. people are contradictory sometimes and just because there are two verses in the bible that seem to contradict each other does not mean that they are actually contradictory and it does not logically follow from that that there are that's a completely different depiction of god like that I have problem with the logic there that he mm. just employed. Amen. So. Um, I will say, as you were talking, I was thinking about that, and I was like, right before you said, I was like, well, we don't treat anybody else who has personhood mm-hmm. like that. It's like, so I get, I, I get the sentiment, like it's hard to look at the Bible, right, and rationalize from book to book to book because God interacts with people differently sometimes, mm-hmm. and be like, oh, that's the same God. But I mean, like the reality of it is, is that anybody who has personhood that you could rightly call a person, like is not going to interact with everybody the same way. Yeah. Like that's just, you can even that's apply the reality that to, of it. To other biblical mm-hmm. figures. Like you can look at David and go, oh, David's a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. And then you can look at his sin with Bathsheba and go, oh, that was awful. Somebody after God's own heart would not do that. So obviously mm-hmm. the Bible is talking about two different Davids. Like, no. Probably not. Yeah. Right. And that's just like a, that's a, uh, an out there example. I don't think God actually contradicts himself right. in scripture. You would have to point to, you would have to break that one down for me. I don't, uh, agree with that premise at all. But even if it's true, it doesn't logically follow that there are different depictions of God in the Bible. That is a jump. Mm-hmm. So you ready for the last one? Yeah. Dude. This one's just kind of fun. Just kind okay. of funny. This is like, Mr. William Lane Craig. Oh, William Lane Craig. This is two minutes. We're not going to watch it. I just want to watch the first couple seconds. Wait, you don't want to watch all two minutes of William Lane Craig? Do you he even just like, like William Lane Craig? I do. I love William I know. Lane <laughs> um, he just like expounds on his first 15 seconds and the rest of it, so we don't have to watch it. Okay. I, just... I don't think Christians should believe in the rapture because it's not a biblical oh, doctrine. Boy. This is a doctrine that was invented in the 19th century by James Come Darby. On in Ireland. And Come on, dude. I ambushed you with eschatology. Dude, get the heck out of here. <laughs> Is the rapture biblical, Joe? Should we believe in the rapture? Oh my gosh. Do you want Is that it? If you don't uh want it, that's he just like explains why he doesn't think the rapture is biblical. Okay. Which I this was a joke. I don't actually want to talk about whether or not I'm just going to say this biblical. for our viewers right yeah. now. The word rapture is a Latin phrase that we use to talk about a specific Greek word called rapturos in the New Testament in 1 Thessalonians. Yeah. It describes a catching up and meeting Christ in the air. Mm-hmm. And yes, mostly in the modern era, it was made possible by James Nelson Darby. That does not mean that nobody be- didn't believe it beforehand. It also doesn't necessarily mean that it's false. Right. Just because uh, a belief is new uh, surrounding Christianity doesn't mean that it was wrong, but I don't actually think that it started with him. So, yeah, I I'm, will say I I think it's patently false to say it's not a biblical idea. That's just wrong. Interesting. So, yeah. 
whether or not you place the rapture wherever, historically speaking, Mm -hmm. the idea of a rapture, of being caught up and brought to God in the air is a Christian biblical idea. Mm. So just because you have a problem with the modern understanding of a pre-tribulational rapture does not make it like not a biblical concept. Now, however, however you want to interpret that, we can have conversation about that. But mm-hmm. it's just not wrong and kind of disingenuous to say that it's not a biblical Dang, idea. You have harsh words for Dr. Craig here. I just like that's fine. <clears throat> you can explain to me why you don't believe a rapture, but I, yeah. I don't think it's fair to say it's not a biblical idea. Yeah. Well, he explains for like two minutes okay we just don't have time to yeah. watch the whole video and so it's kind of a lot just so you guys uh, know i don't like talking about eschatology at and all. jordan just like <laughs> snuck this in here to get me going about something oh um, man okay i don't have very strong opinions on eschatology either uh i think i am actually that's all i'm gonna say i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna postulate anymore past that point i don't have very strong opinions on eschatology to uh to parrot an old adage i've always heard uh my strong opinion is that god wins in the end that's uh-huh. like <laughs> that's as far <laughs> as i've gotten <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can't believe you said that about dr craig i'm gonna tell him you, you i'm gonna yeah. say dr craig Why? joe mcgarvey thinks you're an idiot I don't think he's stupid. No, I don't say that. <laughs> I do not think William Lane Craig is dumb. I think William Lane Craig is an incredibly intelligent human being. Yeah. And I like some of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just don't understand why you would say that that's not... Like, I know well, what he's talking about. He's talking yeah. about the pre-tribulational, like, idea, like, as explicitly laid out and saying that that's not a biblical idea. But... Yeah. Dude, we use Latin words for theology all the time and nobody has a problem with it. It's just rapture that gets hit hit over the head a ton. Yeah. Like just just go in your mind, think about any theological term and then ask yourself if it's Latin. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's just rapture, it's not in the Bible. It's like, no, it's a theological way to talk about something that is biblical. Well, yeah, and that was the language of the church for yeah like oh my gosh, dude. Like, 1400 years, I think. That that's just not that is not fair what i'm saying is not no fair? this is oh, that, like okay. what he said yeah, that's yeah. not fair yeah i don't think that's fair i don't think yeah. it's a charitable way to talk about it either interesting yeah yeah i just wanted to bring up some some eschatology <laughs> <with you. laughs> it's like notice how when we were talking and i was like i didn't like i don't believe in tongues i didn't come out yeah. with you with like that's not biblical <laughs> tongues is not biblical and like this is why tiktok stinks because you just clip that it's short form content and just be awful. like, oh, who gotcha? Yeah, it's like devoid of nuance and character. And would you lose respect for me if I started a TikTok, Joe? No, I, I mean the should. Sacred Cow. Follow Sacred Cow's podcast. <laughs> I hate this platform, but follow us on it. Yeah, please follow <laughs> us on TikTok. Uh, hey guys, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for being here. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We had a lot of fun uh, making it. Let us know if you like the the TikTok thing. I think we might make this a little a little weekly occurrence. Maybe not like as many as we did today, but maybe if I like pick one every week and get you to blind react to it, that might be fun. But it could be. If you guys like absolutely hate that idea, please let us know, and then we won't do it. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. We're slaves to what you want. Maybe <laughs> hold up. Maybe if uh, if we do this every week, I will stop getting TikTok videos sent to me. Hey, maybe. Yeah. Or I'll, I'll just get them all sent to me for you to react to. <laughs> so if you have a TikTok that you want us to react to, uh, 
Yeah. Uh, at sacredcowspod at gmail.com. Yeah. All righty, guys. Thanks for being here. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, share with your friends. If you hated it, let us know. And uh, we love you. We appreciate you. <laughs> See you later. See Have ya. a good one.